Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest-growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor... Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, your co-host and producer of the program. And we've got a great one lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about man and woman's best friends and uh, digital resources to help with your pets. Keep them healthy, keep them safe. We'll also be talking with the mayor of Wixom about a very interesting development in some real estate there and how it affects maybe the way that you and I will travel. All that coming up on the Internet Advisor. Welcome, it's the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and Ed Rudell in studio, and even we have a mystery guest. We'll introduce him shortly as well. <laughs> Part of the Rudell family, and Eddie, congratulations. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. It is my birthday. Yeah, That's it right. comes once a year. We all... <laughs> That's right. We all have blue teeth on these days. Yes. The blue frosting. <laughs> no, the I'm, blue frosting. Yeah. Yeah. And all of our listeners can... Uh, can have some cake That's virtually. Right. Virtually. They yes. can uh, join us in that. We'll be posting pictures of Ed and his It has uh, to be pastry. white cake. It has to be white cake. My yeah. wife, everyone in the family likes chocolate. I'm the white cake person. You're the vanilla cake guy. Yep. Yeah. Oh. And, I, and I remember that. That's Thank, you, Gary. Thank, Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. Well, guys, it's been a busy week out there. But from one, of my, one of the first things I want to start with, and Gary, you sent me this uh, uh, release, uh, press release that had just come out, and that is uh, one of our first guests uh, of 2000. 17 right. was Senator Gary Peters. And at the time we talked with him, he was lobbying for the American Center for Mobility to be established um, or to be accepted uh, out in Ypsilanti. Right. As a, you know, as a federal program so right. that they could get some federal grants. And in fact... Because he was on the air with us and talking to us, I'm sure that I'm we sure were, that's it. I'm sure that it was because he was on the air with us that uh, that the ACM, the Center for American or CM, is mm-hmm. it? Yeah, American, American Center, Center for Mobility, AMC. ACM. Yeah, ACM. Mm-hmm. Uh, got funded. So congratulations to uh, all the people that are involved that really did make it happen. Yeah, I mean, exactly. We, it's a recognition. We're just trying to claim. Uh, I saw some of the other places that were recognized as well were let's see. Um, U.S. Army Aberdeen Test Center in Maryland, Contra Costa in California, San Diego, Iowa City, University of Wisconsin in Madison, Central Florida Automated Vehicle Partnership, and North Carolina Turnpike Authority. And those are just some of the ones that the U.S. Department of Transportation um, 
uh, chose as mm-hmm. uh, these uh, these grounds. But big so, uh, big news for Washington County, I imagine. Yep. Congratulations to yep. uh, all those involved. Yes, and, and thank uh, you. It'll help our help our area. Mm-hmm. Stay in the race to be one of the autonomous vehicle birth places. Yep. Governor Rick Snyder uh, tweeted out that thank you to the uh, USDOT for designating ACM as a national connected vehicle testing facility. And uh, it's really good because it's a, and he, he goes on in another tweet to say, it's a vital step in making Michigan the place where everyone comes together to make the future happen. I, I like that idea. You know, our governor t- does some really nice tweets. Yes, yes, he does. We can be proud of these tweets. <laughs> Governor so, Rick Snyder, yeah. Did, so did you see the inauguration on Friday? I did. I did. did. I watched it. I, I happened to be out and about, and uh, I don't know if you noticed, but exactly at the stroke of noon was when they did the inauguration of the president. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I thought, wow, I wonder if somebody timed it to be that. But it was literally, I happened to be watching a TV in a, a, a Tim Hortons. I stopped for a cup of coffee. And uh, on the side that, you know, was counting down. And I thought, I'll be darned, they're going to hit noon. Yeah. And they did. Right on the button was when he, did, he took the oath of office. Uh, yeah, a lot of pop. And one of the things, the commentaries that I heard was that um, it was a pretty grim uh, speech in some ways, talking about the difficulties that America was in. And um, that the um, the kind of, kind of the general tenor was, we're going to change things around. The ironic thing, apparently, is that America, at this point in time, economically, is probably in a better position than it's been in quite a while in right. terms of economics and, and employment and, and some of the other things. In any case, um, it was interesting. I was We happened to travel to, uh, Jenny and I went up to uh, Frankenmuth for a chicken dinner. It's a long way to drive for chicken, guys. Especially in the fog, but my wife wants that pilgrimage once uh, once a Christmas or once a uh, a winter. And we were up there, and I was sitting and watching um, the president's parade down um, uh, Pennsylvania Avenue. Uh-huh. And he got out of his limo right smack dab in front of the hotel. Uh, as and I was thinking, oh, oh the Trump Hotel, the Trump Hotel oh, there. And I thought it's, he's giving all of the. A Secret Service people there fits because they would rather he stayed safely as any president, mm-hmm, you know, right. inside the vehicle. And there had been some um, upsets along the line. There was a, I think there was a, um, a limo that was torched uh, down was the a, way. That was, was a few streets away. Was a, str- a few streets yeah, away. Yeah, there and were a number of protests. So, I mean, they're, they're concerned that when you get out like that in public, that you are, are putting yourself at risk. But President Trump was out there shaking hands and waving to people who a lot of his supporters, of course. It was amazing how many people at work were actually streaming that from the various sources. As compared to four years ago, I mean, so that uh, many of them were just streaming them, and there were there were literally dozens of sites you could do that from. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, and well, I wondered how many uh, people did that from different uh, offices where it may have really slowed down other work. That, mm-hmm. that yeah, it was well. interesting that apparently it slowed things down enough on the mall. That it was tough. One of the commentaries I was reading was it was yeah. tough to get a single through, uh, to, to get a continual stream, and also to make any calls became very, very difficult. They had terabytes of data that were being used there by Verizon and AT&T. So mm-hmm. it was probably one of, I would guess this may have been one of the more uh, streamed events from Washington, D.C. Uh, yep. And my guess is the next one will be even more so. Yeah, probably right. so. And as, they will... we, as we move into the era of, of being able to do that. Well, we'll have a virtual reality uh, experience probably in the next four years. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> augmented reality. Yeah, yeah. A little you augment? mean during the next augmented. four years? Or... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, well. I may just immerse myself and stay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, just a quick thing I saw, and uh, we'll post a link to this as well. Amazon is going to train thousands of veterans for jobs in the tech industry. That was a neat little announcement that came out this yeah, week. Yeah, and they've been doing that for a while, as a, a lot of other companies. But it's nice for people to admit that and then to make it a program. So um, good, delighted good to them. see that they're focusing on them. that. Hey, we're going to take a pause for just a moment. When we come back, we're going to be helping you to get some help for man's best friend. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, Ed Rudell, and we should mention uh, the person who's been uh, up to this point a silent partner and that's Talon Rudell. Talon, of course Ed's son here visiting from Grand Valley, right? Yep. And you're uh, out there what's your major out there? Uh, I have a double major in film and video and writing. All right. And you've done some producing already. You've already had a little film that you did was it yeah well in the major at grand valley all your classes you actually make films sure. it's not just learning about it so uh last semester i made a film uh called father it's 12 minutes about a, f- a guy young like 20s lost a father and about to lose an uncle and uh we shot it on 16 millimeter film which is a really great opportunity that the university still provides Oh, that is fantastic. Well, thanks for coming by to visit, get your laundry done, and your taxes, I understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and any computer repairs. And FASFA and tabs and everything else. <laughs> yeah. All the logistics. Well, I want to... And, uh, and I, I will say that Justin, uh, my son, oh, yes, is up right. at Michigan State, and he is he and friends are taking part in a 36-hour Sparta hack. It's called Sparty Hack. Sparty Sponsored Hack. by Monster Drink. Uh, it, it, I'll tell you what, he's 30 hours into it. I, I text him just as I got up this morning and said, are you making it? And he goes, yeah, we're having fun. You oh know, my we're creating, gosh. That's creating, for the young. creating a little app up there and a small group of them and as, you know, competing with some others. So. Oh, that's fantastic. So that's how, folks, the new generation is developing out here, both in film and uh, in uh, software as well yep. and, and coding. That's great. Well, today, I, what I wanted to do, and I wanted to do this for a while, was to talk about resources for our pets. We lost a, a dear family pet back around Thanksgiving to cancer. Um, and it was the folks in the Michigan Humane Society that helped us, first of all, identify uh, what our poor little dog was going through and then helped us to kind of ease her end. And uh, that was the folks out in Rochester Hills that helped us. I was really impressed with uh, the Michigan Humane Society, the personnel that I dealt with. So I thought what I'd try to do is to bring some of the folks on from the Michigan Humane Society and talk about the resources that they offer to folks who are listening now. And I know as you get older, a lot of the folks in our building, your pets are more than just what am I going to say? Uh, just, more than just pets. More than yeah, just pets. Really, the, be, well, they're, 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 they're your the companions. Yeah, they really they're become part of, part of the family. Exactly. Well, uh, let me first of all introduce Andy Bissonette on our live line right now. Andy is the digital marketing manager for the Michigan Humane Society. Andy, welcome to the Internet Advisor. Thanks for having me, Foster. Thank you for coming on with us. And uh, I'm impressed. Digital marketing manager means that uh, Michigan Humane Society is uh, more than just about uh, you know having folks come in and look at the cats and the dogs in there, but it's also about other resources. What are some of the other resources that the Michigan Humane Society can connect people with, let's say, uh, digitally? Yeah. Um, you know, michiganhumane.org uh, is our website. We have a lot of resources on there that uh, 
we provide. Um, you know, number one is uh, we have all of our adoptable pets on there. Um, so you can go on there and you can see, you know, everything that we have available um, in terms of pets. Um, there's also like a, a cool little platform where um, you can log on and, and ask you a couple questions. Um, about your personality and, and st- other stuff related to oh. uh, kind of what you want in a dog, and it'll kind of match you up with the breeds. Um, oh, that's cool. That, that's that fit you best in your lifestyle. Yeah, it's a, it's a very cool thing that we have on there. That is really neat. So I got you. So uh, that's right, because, uh, for instance, we live in an apartment, and there are some rules in the co-op that we are in that dog can't be, for instance, over 20 pounds which means there's going to be a certain breed of dog, obviously, that you can have. You can't have a, a pit bull in there. <laughs> or a, a, a Labrador retriever that would be a little bit out of line for something like that. But you're doing more than just like the size of the animal. You're talking about the uh, kind of a personality uh, combination. Right. Depending on, you know, there's there's questions like, I'm a, I'm a very neat person. I like to be my, you know, I like my house to be very neat. <laughs> I need a dog that that fits that, and you know that's like one of the questions. Or I have an active lifestyle, um, oh. so it kind of matches you. You know what what you're looking for in terms of you know how much activity you do and what kind of you know that question kind of points to how much you know up upkeep you need with your dog and mm. shedding kind of things, and it, it matches you according mm. to you know, your lifestyle. I was going to ask, how do you match people with cats? Because cats kind of like have their own. <laughs> their own rules. Yeah, but if you're aloof, I guess you can have a cat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's more of a feeling thing. Um we don't have a we don't have a platform that uh responds to to, to cat questions. <laughs> Cuz cats don't respond. <laughs> well, and, and I imagine in part as, as part of the digital media of this, you you probably do quite a bit of social networking with uh, tying into, like, uh, Twitter or Instagram or uh, Facebook? Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, we utilize all the social media channels. Uh, it's a great way for us to, you know, feature adoptable animals, um, you know, give organizational updates. You know, we have a lot of events that we, we put on in the community, mm-hmm. um, and it's a great way for us to get out pet tips. You know, people are very responsive to pet tips. They, you know, a lot of our, you know, followers on Facebook and Twitter reach out with us with questions and we try to answer them to the best of our abilities. That's it's, really, it's a great, great tool for us. That is great. So you're not only there to help match people with pets, but when they have a pet and they have a concern or problem or whatever, you've got some resources there for them as well. That's really neat. Hey, talk a little bit about microchipping. Yeah. So microchipping, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very, there's a lot of questions around it. Um, you know, it's, it's not painful. That's like a, a lot of owners' yeah. number one concern. And it's just this very little small thing. It's not GPS tracking because GPS tracking needs um, a power source. It's RFID. Mm-hmm. And you just put it in, in the, the collar area. And if you, your pet escapes or gets lost, um, you know, you can find your, your animal. There's a lot of great stories. Um, about finding animals and, and the the service that we actually utilize is called Home Again. Home Again, I got gotcha. you. Well, that makes right. sense. I mean, well, one of the things uh, I live out in the country and we've found yep. a few stray animals and we take them to the local vet and most of them are equipped with a scanner that they could look up and find out if right. if they're actually chipped or not, which is very helpful. I would almost say that having your pet 
chip nowadays is almost as important as getting a license. And getting them spayed and neutered, yeah. <coughs> yeah. Very good point, Ed. Yeah, spayed and neutered as well, which are services that you folks offer there. I, you know, I was wondering, Andy Bissonnette is with us. He is the digital marketing manager for the Michigan Humane Society. And by the way, their website, easy one to find, michiganhumane.org. And there's lots of resources there about uh, pet care. And you can even get involved as well by donating and, and helping them. And there are events that are there. Uh, I see you got a let's get social uh, kind of a place here too with the with the Instagram, which is a neat thing. Um, but what I wondered is, you know, Michigan Humane Society. I think of in terms of metropolitan Detroit. Now we are heard in a whole lot of other areas as well. Uh, is there a network of humane societies that people can tap into who are maybe let's say not in the Detroit area who are listening to this? Well, actually, you know, we're we're all we're all throughout Michigan. We're we're the largest and, and longest-serving animal welfare organization in Michigan. Um, there are uh, other smaller um, animal welfare organizations. Sure, sure. Um, but, you know, we're not really connected. We, we collaborate on some things, but, um, you know, we're, we are throughout Michigan. Okay, sure. okay, good. So people listening to this in other places can... Also use this. Well, I guess one of the what you were asking, Foster, is there like a national register or a organization that people can go to? Because many of our listeners are out of state. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. That was the kind okay. of thing. Yeah. So the the Humane Society would be the the. It's not. We're not connected. There. None of the Humane Societies are actually connected. It's not like there's a parent company. Yeah. Um. But the main one that's national is the Humane Society. Excellent. Andy, thank you so much for stopping by this Saturday to help us with, uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to connect people with the resources that you folks have. And again, it's missionhumane.org, and there's great resources there. Please go to the website, find out more about it. And Andy, the very best to you, and thank you so much for the help that you've uh, given us and our best friends as well. our program uh, talking about some of the things that have just appeared in the news. One of them was, and Gary brought the information to our attention, that um, the federal government on the last day of uh, President Obama's um, presidency, uh, the Transportation Department went ahead and granted recognition to the American Center for Mobility in Wix, uh, pardon, pardon me, in um, Will Run. Ips- Willow Run yep. um, in Ypsilanti. The Willow and, Run Airport. Actually. Right. And yep. as officially now is going to be part of that uh, mobility uh, network. But uh, there's another proud person in this area who is uh, involved in local government, and that is Mayor Kevin Hinckley of the city of Wixom. And they have had um, a recent announcement that uh, I'd like to have them share on the air because it really fits in very nicely with uh, what we've been talking about. First of all, Mayor Hinckley, thank you very much for joining us. Hi, you're certainly welcome. Uh, how, how are you doing this afternoon? We're doing well. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, you got you. The buttons must be popping off as you look at this announcement that has come out recently by a very large transportation company. I'll let you make the announcement. Yeah, we're we're pretty excited that uh, Uber mm-hmm. has uh, selected Wixom as their R and D facility that um, they're going to be launching here. Actually, very soon, we expect them to start operations uh, and take ownership or leasing, actually, a building uh, here in Wixom on uh, Cartier Drive. 
that is uh, about 23,000 square feet, mm. and uh, they'll be setting up their R&D development uh, facility there. And, and uh, there's a specific goal that they have in mind, as I understand, with this, and that is they're looking for the driverless vehicles. Am I right in this, in this particular facility? Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're looking to set up with driverless vehicles. And, you know, I think, um, I think it was one of the um, other uh, news organizations that I had interviewed with uh, had been talking to Bill Ford and uh, Mr. Ford had indicated that, you know, this driverless technology is, is closer than most of us think. Mm. And that uh, Ford feels that, uh, you know, it's, it's less than three years away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Having this technology in Wixom and uh, along with a lot of our other diversity uh, with our uh, recent economic development just um, really says a great thing for Southeast Michigan, Oakland County, and obviously the city of Wixom. Yeah, matter of fact, Gary, speaking about how close driverless cars are, that's always been your contention: is that they're, it's really much closer than we think. Well, they're you know, except for the small little anomalies like uh, white <laughs> trucks driving in front of you or something. Um, <laughs> it, it's here today, and what they're doing now is they're getting to the edge cases. So, as soon as they can handle you know the vast majority of edge cases, at what point? Does autonomous vehicle driving become much safer than, you know, human driving? Don't they already have a program? I think it's Uber has a program. In, is it Pittsburgh? Um, yeah, they have um, driving in Pittsburgh in four square mile area in Singapore, all 26 That's right. miles, That's right. square miles of Singapore. Um, they're using autonomous vehicles. Not, not every vehicle in Singapore is autonomous, but but they sure. are allowed to, and they're running a number of them around there. So, and, and many other places around. Google's been doing this for, what, five, six, seven years now, mm. where it's semi-autonomous, right? Yeah. Somebody's yeah. sitting there just in case they have to... Mm -hmm. um, to take over, but they haven't had to in millions of miles. It's closer than we think. Mayor Hinckley, what do you think it is about Wixom that drew Uber to your community to set up this uh, R&D facility? Well, you know, we, we, we have a low tax base, and uh, our residents, um, you know, we're really close to the, uh, to the highway, obviously, I-96. Right. Uh, we're in southwest Oakland County. Uh, our, our residents, uh, we're only about 13,000, 14,000 residents. We're less than 10 square miles. So as we were just speaking a minute ago, when you think about uh, where they're already driving in a, in a small community with four square miles, mm -hmm. and you look at they start setting up here and doing some testing and so forth, and we've really only got two main roads that go north and south mm -hmm. and two main roads that go east and west. <laughs> so it ideally suits them for, for doing this type of technology. Now, would they build? Now, I know there's a building that appeared. My matter of fact, it was my wife that saw this in the Oakland Press uh, this last Tuesday. That the they're moving into a building that already exists. Do they plan on creating or using the area around there to like build test tracks and things like that? No, I, I don't think so. I think that uh, you know they've been a little bit quiet on some of the description as far as what uh, they look at long range. But you know, when you think about the announcement that was just made at Willow Run. You know, so and that has to be That's up right. and running. I think I think it was in the next twelve months. Yes, and you yes. know, really, we're we're what fifteen twenty minutes away from Milford mm -hmm. Proving Grounds. So you know, they may they may do some sort of partnering with General Motors at Milford Proving Grounds. So yeah. I I think that the that's the, true. Al yeah. Also within our community, you know, we're we're our schools are great. So when we attract businesses, we have great schools. Mm -hmm. We're close to malls. We're close to ninety six. 
we're close to three major universities within driving distance within yeah. less than an hour. So I think when uh, a lot of companies in the diversity that we've been attracting to Wixom, uh, when they look at our community, we have a lot to offer. Yeah. And as you pointed out, um, there's room to grow, and they can actually use the roads that exist, and that that could be quite uh, interesting for them as well, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I had thought of kind of a, a little enclosed compound in which they were doing this. By the way, this is a statement that Uber uh, released. We're excited to open our Wixom office this quarter as the center will enable further collaboration with Tier 1s and OEMs to make self-driving Ubers a reality. Detroit shaped the history of transportation, and we believe it has an important role to play in its future of this transformation. We have a strong presence in Detroit already, and we know this new space will allow us to do more. That's exciting to have Wixel on the cutting edge of that kind yep, of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're, like I said, we've been uh, fortunate to, to have the space available uh, for uh, development. Uh, we still have 182 acres available from the old Ford uh, Wixom assembly plant. That's right. So, uh, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, we're not done yet. So, uh, <laughs> you know, stay tuned. Bring, bring like more, right? Tell everybody, stay tuned. Uh, yeah, bring, no, bring no more, hints. Bring more business. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also thought too, uh, if I've got my geography correct, isn't the um, the north campus of U of M where they're doing some of the um, the other um, M City is up there. M yes. City, that's yeah. what's up there. Yeah. What exactly? But that's enclosed, and uh, and they do some some kind of again edge case work up there where. They make pedestrians become un, you know, unreliable, right? They, they unpredictable, and they do things and and uh, <laughs> make sure that cars can deal with that because pedestrians sometimes are unpredictable. <laughs> right? fact, most of the time, as yeah. in fact, when you're in a car, yeah. So, but what struck me is with Wixom also on the northern side. There's a real kind of clustering now, as you said. For instance, the um, well, that's a little bit of ways. Yeah, but, but I mean, GM is out there with the um, proving grounds, Milford. Yeah, Milford. Pardon me. Yep. It's not too far from there. So this whole urban area out here in, in southeast Michigan is kind of being sewn together now in some very interesting ways. It used to be it was like, you know, the molten steel and and the assembly plants and everything else like that. It's a much different kind of a flavor right now, and that is one, I think in some ways, uh, Mayor Hinckley, that allows a company to, to step in to something without a whole lot of previous construction. Again, you know, we, we do have some uh, spec buildings. I wish I had about five 100,000-square-foot spec buildings where companies could mm. step in, but the uh, location there on Cartier Drive allows them to uh, mm. you know, not have to do a lot of build-out. It's ready to go, mm-hmm. and uh, they can, I, uh, they're putting in a three-phase program, an initial phase, will be about uh, just shy of a million-dollar investment, mm-hmm. and uh, that'll all take place uh, when they uh, start operations in March of this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and certainly they couldn't do that if they had to build from scratch, right? So Absolutely. it's wonderful yeah, that that's you true. have that's the true. opportunity and, and some of the resources already built out, uh, so all they have to do is some finish. When so did this wonderful. all start, by the way, Mayor Hinckley? Well, I think they uh, had, had been uh, secretively, uh, sort of speak, looking at us, pretty much about the last six to eight months and we were keeping it under the radar because obviously we didn't want to lose the opportunity sure and so we just simply let them uh let us know when they'd made their final decision to come to come our way and we couldn't be more excited because again it just adds to the diversity of what we've been attracting to this small community 
in uh, southwest Oakland County. Well, our congratulations to you, Mayor Kevin Hinckley, and to the city of uh, Wixom on this really neat kind of um, expansion with Uber coming in and uh, putting in, their, or they're going to be stepping into an existing building there, and it is going to be uh, their center for research and uh, technology, especially with their um, driverless vehicles. Who knows what could be out there in the city of Wixom? <laughs> on the well, as, we, as I've said, stay tuned. We're not done yet. Yeah. We will stay tuned. Thank you so much for being with us, and the very best to you and to the city of Wixom. Thank you, Foster. You uh, do have a great week. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's Mr. Mike Brennan and MI Tech News, the headlines, everything that's fit to print, and all the other information in between. That's coming up here on the Internet Advisor. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor, and of course, at this time in our program, we uh, turn the microphone over to Mr. Mike Brennan, who's on our live line right now. He is the editor of MI Tech News, and uh, we have a little sampler of some of the headlines that are there. But Mike, welcome back to the Internet Advisor. Well, uh, it's hard to be indoors today, but I, but I am just for you, Fuzz. <laughs> I know it's incredible out there. I I just kind of figured that everything will be in bloom within about a week. Well, yeah, the, and then freeze, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> After three days of fog and now fifty degrees temperature, and now the sun p- poking out. Yeah, it's a good day. And then yeah. it'll be raining frogs or something. It's crazy. You know? <laughs> so, uh, end of days or something. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hang on. Hang on to your ark. <laughs> well, Mike, Gary's let's... got one in his backyard. Don't you have one of those, Gary? Yeah, well, you know, we're building it out. You can come over and help. <laughs> okay. Deal. Uh Let's see. Let's talk about some headlines two by two. Uh, some of your a sample of some of the headlines that are available through MI Tech News. And by the way, folks, the way that you can get hold of this great source of information about news and technology and entrepreneurship in the state of Michigan and uh, and also nationally as well is by simply going to mitechnews.com, mitechnews.com, and uh, putting in your email address, and you will be signed up. And then every Friday, you'll get a written version of this. But then also on Wednesdays, you will also get um, a version that concludes not just um, the, you know, the written headlines, but also links to a lot of audio resources and, coming up very soon, video resources as well. So let's uh, step into some of the headlines here. I see that the Michigan Treasury Online is doing very well in helping people with their uh, business filing business taxes and paperwork. Well, actually, they've been tweaking their website for the last year, year and a half. They've got it down to the point now where before you had to have different logins, different passwords, and, you know, it was crazy. So now it's down to, for a certain thing, not everything, but they're getting there. But right now, you just log in once, you use your password once, and it gets you in. You can file your business taxes. Taxes, I can do it. You can uh, file your paperwork or look up paperwork. It, they've really worked hard to streamline it. They did a lot of uh, uh, focus grouping of it to find out what business, business community wanted. And right now, about a hundred thousand businesses are using that oh. site online, uh, and they're optimistic they can double that number here. Uh, you know, sometime this year. Yeah, making it simpler, simplifying it, I think is is the key. I've dealt with some of the other departments of the state online, and while 
I know that we've had, matter of fact, we've won prizes. Uh, That's right. For yeah. our... The uh, best website, uh, state website in the country. So we've done that still, a number of times in a row. When Terry Takai was here. That's what I was going to say, yeah. when Terry was here. But, you know, but still, it's, and sometimes it seems unnecessarily complicated. And because it is unnecessarily complicated, I can see people kind of saying, well, maybe I'll... Use something else. Will you talk about taxes? Is, you have to <laughs> yeah, that's true. At the Secretary of State's office. So think about that, right? <laughs> yeah. you know, so. I really have loved what they have done with the Secretary of State. That has been marvelous. So what you can do online yeah. and, and even in the office there. It's um, coming along, and, you know, it thanks, you know we can thank the, uh, the governor, right? He's a, yeah. he's a nerd uh, and admits it. And, One uh, tough nerd. And, and he certainly uh, has dri- driven us. Uh, to be much more responsive to our citizenry around, uh, and when you think about it, around the state, because not everybody can get to to Lansing, not everybody can get to yeah, the absolutely center, sure, right? Of course, even to Detroit, where we have satellite offices. Sometimes, um, it, there are people that uh, this is a a much better way to serve our population. Much, much better right? way. Yeah. One uh, of the other, and you, and you had, the, as you all know, they had the legacy computer issue. I mean, they were really old computers, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. they just, you know, hadn't been updating, hadn't been spending the money on doing all that stuff. And over the last, I don't know, Gary, what five or six years, I guess they've been spending fifty million dollars yep. a year or so. Uh, you know, doing all those upgrades, and so this is the result of that. Yeah, and you know, we're not—they're not done yet. It, no. it was amazing how behind they were, and that's a problem with our cities too. Oh um, yes, our cities are amazingly behind. Some of them are, you know, in Oakland County, they've uh, they've kept up a little bit better than some others. Certainly, a couple of cities in Washtenaw County and 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 around the state, a couple of cities, but there's so many of them that are behind. Um, yeah. And the state's trying to help a little bit. Uh, with that, but uh, you know the state is behind too, and trying to, to update all of their old equipment. Michael, yeah. continuing on this uh, digital theme, I see one of your headlines in there is that the small business, SBAM, uh, SBAM, yep. Association of Michigan. There small, we go, Small Business yeah. Association. Gary knows that very well because yeah, he was a chairman at one point. Former chairman, I think Mike <laughs> knows that. So, but the the uh, they did a survey and they found out that and I found this is fascinating. Facebook is the favorite social media platform for gaining new small business customers. Yeah, which kind of surprised me to tell you the truth. Seventy-five uh, percent of those folks surveyed said that Facebook was the way they did it. LinkedIn was 31%, and Twitter, like our new president uses, at 26%. Mm. So, um, but Facebook's got a lot more sophisticated. I must admit, I buy Facebook ads from time to time when I have something that I really want to promote, uh, and, and, and people are comfortable with it, and I guess that's the most important thing. And, and the return sounds like it's good as well. Right. Yeah, fairly good. Uh, you know, it's always tough on the ROI part. I mean... Advertising yeah, yeah. is uh, tricky is to begin with, and you can weigh it so many different ways. Uh, I mean, if you, uh, you know, I mean, for instance, direct mail, if they get a 4% return rate, they're ecstatic. <laughs> um, so, um, but advertising, you know, it really depends how you do it, what the message is, where you do it. There's a lot of variables. But for small business, Facebook seems to be where they're most comfortable and think they get the best results. One of the last headlines I wanted to touch on was one, because uh, I, I, I enjoy dealing with him. That's Dan Lorman. <coughs> Pardon me, I'm all choked with emotion here. Uh, you have it on cybersecurity expert Dan Lorman is going to be discussing the Trump administration's cybersecurity priorities, which yeah. I think up to this point are kind of a mystery. 
Well, and even to me, because he wouldn't tell me what they are. He, was, he wanted to save that for Monday, uh, but he's going to be putting out a blog tomorrow, so I'll get a better idea of what he thinks they are. He wanted to see, uh, once he got sworn in, what he did in the first couple of days, mm-hmm. uh, then he get a feel for where we're going. I know uh, President Trump was at the CIA today trying to mend a few fences there, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what Dan comes up with, and you can hear it live. Uh, let's see, I think I got him on the last segment. On Monday, so that'd be about 3.45 Monday, he'll be on M-squared TechCast. Yeah. And, you know, Dan was our uh, chief security officer for the state of Michigan and That's now right. works for Security Mentor, which we used it at uh, Beaumont Health when I was uh, the interim CISO, the chief information security officer there. So, uh, great, great program. Anybody that wants to really dig in and help their employees become aware of Yes. Some of the yes. bad things that can happen mm-hmm. out there if they click on the wrong link and whatnot. Cyber Mentor is a great program. Well, Dan, and, and Dan is the, the the brains behind that. He's also good. He's a delightful person to listen to talk about uh, sec- uh, cybersecurity. And uh, as Mike is saying, he will be on the live broadcast of M Squared TechCast. And uh, if you go to podcastdetroit.com, you will find that the, you'll see that information up there. It starts at 3 o'clock and goes at 4 o'clock. Um, uh, that's uh, Eastern Standard Time, and that will be again on podcastdetroit.com, and then that will be made available later on also as part of the podcastdetroit.com uh, uh, network. And, and, and on MI Tech News, we and, pick them up. All that's, the segments as well. So. And that's a you know that's a good point because that's one of those resources that's available as well as Internet Advisor and uh, some of the other resources that Even are out Tech there. Tech Talk, uh, right. you know, just uh, IT and the D, all the, all the good shows. So that's what you tap into when you subscribe to mitechnews.com. Absolutely free for nothing. Mike, thanks so much for being with us. Hey, thanks, Buster. I'm going to go outside and enjoy the day now. All right. Thank you. And coming up in our second hour, by the way, we're going to be seeing if we can help some folks. You folks have been writing in with your questions about things that have been going on in your computer and uh, with your various devices. And Ed Rudell is going to sink his teeth into dealing with those things coming up in the second hour of our program. So please stay tuned for our number two of the Internet Advisor coming up after this short break. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to mitechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome to hour number two of the Internet Advisor. I'm Foster Brown, the co-host and producer of the program, and this is the part where we open our lines up when we are live on WJR or when we uh, go to the email bag and uh, answer some questions that people have. Ed Rudell is our, and Gary Baker are here to help answer some questions that have been posed to us by email, and that's how we're going to focus this next hour. 
getting some answers for you to your problems. Well, Ed, I don't know if it's fair to do this to you on your birthday, which it is today, but... Sure it is. It's fair. <laughs> We're going to get you... <laughs> Things always break, Foster. Things always need to be That's fixed. That's right. And one of the people who rejoices when things break, not because they're broken, but because he gets to fix them, is Ed Rudell, yeah. who is one yeah. of our tech experts. And Gary, of course, has been around so, helping people for a long time so as well. Wait a minute. i got to ask Ed rejoice. I don't think so, right? You know, I look forward to the challenge, but if it's something that it's like, this is, you know, come on, this is so ridiculous. You know, you didn't have antivirus software, uh, yes. you know, and then I, now I have to spend hours. So, so what did you expect, right? Right. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if they didn't have it, what do they expect? Yeah, right. But as the penguins would say, uh, smile and wave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just smile and wave. But every once in a while, we get some really good ones. Yes, and, we uh, do. And um, I have to... We have to uh, commend our listeners who have fought through our technical difficulties. And I want to thank uh, my granddaughter, Logan Standifer, who helped uh, Ed with this. But the two of you got our contact form working on our homepage. Yes, you know, and we were struggling trying to figure out what was going on. And then when Logan and I put our heads together, we actually discovered that um, a subscription to an add-on to our WordPress was actually... um, expired or the password changed or we needed mm. to renew a description. So then her and I uh, went on a, on a quest to try to find a replacement add-on that would allow our contact forms to work. And, and she pretty much got it working at that point once we identified what the real problem was. Right. And and it seems to work well. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we had, we've had... And a lot of it we got done through watching YouTube videos of all things <laughs> where people provide step-by-step instructions on how yep. to... How add-ons? How do I get uh, WordPress working, and how do I make my contact page working? How do you get your Visa payment system working through a WordPress website? All yeah. that stuff like that. Not that we have a Visa, you know, or Mastercard right. on our website, but there's just so many tutorials that, that, and that, on, on that, YouTube. That's been a very rich resource, I think, and that mm-hmm. that has changed over the years as we've been working sure. on this. Well, as more and more content's up there, you can find just about anything you want to do. Yeah. Now, there are some spoof for. stuff out there where people... So you got to be careful. you got to be careful. So check your sources. Um, you know, make sure there's more than one YouTube video of someone saying to do this. Um, you know, because I found some people that were, you know, that is absolutely wrong. That is not what you want to do. You know, how do you but, save you, yourself you don't from really that? Know if you, that's done intentionally or not? Doesn't no. seem so, right? They right. just didn't know better. They didn't know better, and they were trying to help. They just didn't help in the right way. Right. So, how do you sift? Well, that? but there's there's some YouTube videos out there that were basically instructing people on how to drill a, fo- a hole in your iPhone Seven to get an audio jack. <laughs> people were if they measured, and it was very professionally done, and it looked like. That it was legit because that, the that and, was and, done and, on April Fool's Day. What, what? <laughs> it was on on a couple days after the iPhone Seven was released, and there are they put the video out there and they they provided measurements and they basically claimed that Apple actually had the audio jack still there, but you just have to drill the hole. Oh my goodness! Through there, so you get oh. access to it, and oh, Apple no. did it and destroyed. That's just oh, mean. Does that mean? And that so, is mean. Be so buyer, not buyer beware, but watcher beware. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, right. But beyond, yeah. now, that, in some ways, that's kind of obvious. Yeah, that's but, overboard, yeah. But but how else do you do you determine who's listening, who's worth listening to? Well, um, what I've done is when I find a video, usually on the right-hand column of YouTube, there are similar sources. Okay. Um, um, similar topics. And sometimes there are multiple um, videos by the same person. Yes. And so that's one indication. Uh, okay. Good that, point. You okay. know, and then there's, it tells you how many people have actually viewed it. 
Ah, and the okay. comment That's, section too. And, the and there's a comment section, section on it as and, well. Okay, and so that also will help. But, but you know, it's it's not one thing; it's a combination yeah. of things. And it's become co- more more comfortable. Sometimes I've I've read the comments, and the, and the, some people would say, "You don't know what you're talking about," <laughs> and other people were just full of accolades. Thank you so much for putting this out there. So that's that's all before you know, they tried yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, after they tried, they said this worked. Thank oh, you very much. Okay. You know, so that, that's yep. good. That's the kind of thing that you told. It, with the, I, I wanted to get back to this because we're going to be talking about YouTube videos as you go on, talking about some of the answers that we've gotten for people that you've gotten for people this coming week, this past week rather. Um, but it's important, folks, that it's kind of like the question that's come up: How do we know what news sources are are valuable? You've just got to look around, and and part of it is just you know check the sources out, as you said, Gary. How what are the reviews on it? Um, how many people have? done that and have said it worked for me mm-hmm. uh how many reviews um, pardon me how many views has it had and are there other uh, um, program uh, videos that person has done that have been received by people so don't just take the first one you, you learn you know you hear about folks but really do a little background investigation on it and when you've done that then yeah. feel free to dive in and i know ed that one of the first people that we're going to talk about uh, today is uh, Ms. G. She sent you an email uh, that was about her PC DVD drive. Message body, it says here. Dear Internet Advisors, recently something occurred on my desktop PC in HP Pavilion 20 that's prohibiting my CD DVD drive from playing. That's equally strange. What's equally strange is it doesn't even show up in the control panel. Needless to say, I'm quite perplexed. This has not happened on any of my previous desktop PCs or laptops that I've owned. If it helps to know, my PC is a Windows 8.1 and is a little more than two years old. Whatever advice you can offer me would be much appreciated. Thank you in advance. Ms. G, an avid fan of the Internet Advisor Show. And we're going to get back to see what Ed has to say about getting some answers there. But that's the kind of questions coming to us through our Contact Us form. And we would love to answer questions for you when you put them in there as well. Back in just a moment to find out how Ed answered Ms. G's question. You know, Gary, this weekend, uh, or last week, I should say, Mike Brennan invited me to be one of these uh, guests on his M-Squared TechCast. And Matt uh, Rausch asked me to kind of retell the story of the Internet Advisor. And I was talking about the fact that um, it really began as my my having problems with my computer. That's right. And getting in touch with you as the person who was in charge of my ISP at the time, which was BizSurf. Online tech. Online tech, pardon me. Yep. Online tech. And uh, the, the... that gave us kind of the rationale for what we do with our program, which is that the first hour is focused on talking about, like, for instance, uh, Wixom attracting the Uber uh, investment or um, the Michigan Humane Society uh, and uh, humanesociety.org being a great resource for people who are pet owners. You know, it talks about uh, the digital resources that are out there for us and things like that going on in the world of technology. But the second hour, we have always wanted to focus on helping people with That's their problems. Right. Yep. As you helped me and, with mine. And if you'll recall, um, you started talking to our help desk and they ran through all the typical problems that uh, <laughs> yeah. that there was. And they said, there's there should be no reason that we can't get you on. 
they needed to get off and, and talk to some other customers, so then I took over and worked with you. And we found that it was a very low-tech problem, <laughs> <Yes>. if you recall. <laughs> and I'm sure you do. Yeah. But it was squirrels. It was squirrels. Eating the insulation off of your telephone line. It didn't bother the telephone signal, right. but it bothered the modem signal. You'll love this. Matt Rausch just had the same thing happen to him <laughs> 20 years later. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, those squirrels, <laughs> they still like that insulation. They love that insulation. Yeah, it happens this time of year, too, right? Yeah, so. I think that they, they said that the... the problem was squirrel chew. At that point, Mike Brennan chimed in and he says, oh yeah, that little pouch that they carry with them. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, cute. Very cute. <laughs> well, you know, but, I mean, back when, when we solved that problem, nobody else had thought of that. Right? Nope. Nope. Now, it it happens, right? It happens enough times that... Unfortunately... And there's lore, lore out there, but it, oh, this was very, my. very early it's, days it's of the It's still internet. happening. Anyway, we have our first question that was uh, presented to us on the email, and uh, I won't go through the whole thing again, but basically, Miss G called you, uh, wrote to you, Ed, and we passed the information on to you, that her uh, PC, she has is running Windows 8.1, two-year-old machine, and uh, suddenly... The PC, the DVD drive, the CD DVD drive just disappeared. Couldn't yep. find it. And this is a this is a problem that's been going back since Windows XP, where where the drive letter disappears. It's no longer located in my computer. The unit no longer plays music or video, and uh, the the fix has usually always been the same. And it requires you to go into the Windows registry using RegEdit and modify uh, and delete a key or two. Wow, that's that's pretty hairy for most people, isn't it? We, well, we, used, we used to tell people, don't do this. Well, right. if your drive disappeared, I just like lean over and look at the side, <laughs> look at the side of your computer. You know, it's that's, like, yeah. tr- that's true. The drive is actually still there. The drawer opens and closes, but you just Windows, the software operating system, no longer sees it. Oh, and okay. and you and I searched the Microsoft Mister Fix It. Um, Articles and yeah, all their utilities, yeah, yeah. and they, Microsoft. I could not locate a Mister Fix It, even though this problem has been they out there should for a have while. Something, yeah, you, you would think. Um, but I did find you two YouTube videos that uh, described the two different fixes that will correct this, and they go step by step um, into the process. They speak very good English, <laughs> so <laughs> one of them is British. And the other one uh, is is American. So sometimes you have a difficult time. Yes. And and, and sometimes it's like in Russia. Oh, my goodness. So um, sometimes you watch YouTube videos and they actually type the information because they know their accent um, yes. may not be that mm-hmm. understandable. But the but when they type the messages on the screen, everything's there right there for you. But these two YouTube videos are very good. They, you have to go into the Windows registry under the current control set and remove a key. And when you reboot your computer, Windows will rediscover the DVD drives and everything should be fine. Okay. But you do have to make that change. It's not just a matter of rebooting. You... Well, yeah, but usually watching someone do it mm-hmm. uh, in the video and, mm-hmm. and, they, and they, they, they explain step by step, well, it shouldn't be that intimidating. Okay. And then what happens after that is that the, it will come back to you, right? Yeah, after you reboot your computer. And it's just a, uh, I call it a glitch in the network or a glitch in the matrix. It happens. I don't know what causes it. I'm not sure what causes but it. But you know how to fix it. I know how to fix it. And I've run mm-hmm. across a dozen computers that yeah. have had this problem, yeah. including my own personal one. And when I was running uh, not only Windows XP, but when I was running Windows 7, the same thing happened. You know, hmm. that's how we end up learning how to solve these problems is most of them have happened to us, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Jenny ran into something recently with her Windows 10 machine that I wonder if it's a, a reflection of this, that suddenly 
her, you know, my desktop disappeared when she was looking at the files. You know, when you when you bring up your your explorer file window? explorer window, yeah, and and it disappeared. I don't know why she can't she couldn't find it because we had some. I had deliberately have her put some files on her desktop. Oh, so she, so the, she the actual desktop shortcut. Yeah, in the Explorer window was yeah. gone, and the icon and, is gone. And, and usually, if you just expand your favorites or your My Computer, it will show up under underneath the links. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my wife didn't come over to your house because that's <laughs> usually what happens to her, right? It, she she goes, "It's gone, it's gone." I can't I, find it. I, exactly. I, she was. I heard her muttering to herself, and then the muttering got louder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, where did it go? Right? <laughs> come on, I can't find it. Come back, come back. You know, a lot of times, you could just type into the search bar, downloads, yes. desktop, favorites. You could type that into your search bar or your Cortina or Cortana. Mm-hmm. Window, and and it'll bring that's up the one the with Windows Ten. That's the one at the bottom of the left. Yeah, that kind of um, large space down there. You can type that in. You could type that in, or you could say Explorer or My Desktop or uh, My Favorites or My Downloads, and it'll open up the Explorer window for you. Or if you're in Windows Seven or Windows Eight One, you could just type into the search window. You can say Desktop, and it'll open up an Explorer window. Mm, okay. So, but with Windows Ten going into that search bar. Uh, box. Uh, yeah, and the the, where, where the Cortana is, you can either type it or you can right mouse click on the start menu and select search as well and type it. Um, okay. And uh, I'm not sure why, uh, if it, if the icon is just minimized and you're not seeing it or yeah. it's truly gone. It, yeah, the poor thing. <laughs> Have her write me an email. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry, your husband can't help you. Try my my buddy Ed. He can help you. All right, let's talk about another question that came in. This was from Paul, and the subject was email security message body. He says, uh, we've all heard about Yahoo being hacked and having to change our passwords, but Yahoo and Gmail offer a service where instead of a password, they send a message to your cell phone and you respond to that. Sounds good. But is it really? If whoever hacks the email server again, don't they now have your telephone number in addition to all of the other info? Is this idea really secure? I'm really I'm ready to dump the whole password routine except for this one doubt. What do you think? Well, I mean, I went to the uh, FAFSA, the uh, go- the government website for FAFSA and uh, student loans, and um, I had to. Uh, authenticate the same way. So I type in my user ID and password. They said it's been over 12 months. So the federal government now is enforcing resetting your password every, at least every six to 12 months. And, and they had to send a text message to my cell phone. It was a eight digit numeric number. And Mm -hmm. then when I went into the website, I verified that it was me and it allowed me to change my password. Even though I knew my old password, they sent me the text message. Right. So this is a very common technique for um, two-step authentication, right? And and to make sure people change their password and not to you, you know, that doesn't in, guarantee that you won't use the same password for a number of sites, but you shouldn't do that either. Right. And they're just trying. This is this is good that the government is finally getting on board. Until we get rid of passwords, which mm-hmm. is coming. It's yeah. just going to come very slowly. I kind of hope it comes quickly yeah, I because Me I have too. a terrible time with it. <laughs> Me too. But, the, you know, but uh, as it, until we, we get rid of passwords, we've got to keep doing some things that increase the password health. Yeah. Right. And, 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 the, that, and this is one of them. And thank you, 
federal government for doing it. Mm. Yep. Right? Now, for all now, of us. And so that's one way of using America or sending your phone a text. What the listener was talking about is he's afraid that if his information was hacked, that someone has a cell phone number. You're the one with the cell phone. It's only going to go to you, right? To yeah, your cell right, phone number. True. So if someone has your it's not going to do it. Yeah, right. Nothing yeah. they can do unless they clone your cell phone, and that doesn't happen except happen. in the movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. It, in the I, movies. We're yeah. going to take a, a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about passwords and um, uh, what you use to secure your passwords. That's coming back on the Internet Advisor. Welcome back. It's hour number two of the Internet Advisor, and what we're doing is um, answering some questions that have been sent to us via email. And by the way, if you're listening to us in Lansing or Grand Rapids or wherever you may be listening to us, uh, maybe out of state, we'd love to hear from you. And please don't hesitate to use that form. It's, if you go to internetadvisor.net, on the top on the menu bar there, you'll see a contact us form. Just click on that. And then also I have to say that on our, um, when we publish our website, uh, pardon me, our, um, our blog post, which I'll be doing on Monday morning, uh, you will find that there are plenty of places on there that you can use to contact us as well with your questions. And uh, Ed always sinks his teeth into them. Shane can help with us sometimes. And Gary and uh, Cal and myself do our best. But Ed is the one who is uh, very often leading the charge with this. And thank you so much for that. Happy birthday to you as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, um, we had a number of Facebook posts on this as well. Oh. Uh, but we had Rick Broida in here, our gadget guy yeah, and, yeah. and cheapskate. And he went to the um, uh, Consumer Electronics Show. That's right. And one of the things he brought back, um, and it wasn't that he saw this at the Consumer Electronics Show. We, he actually had it several months earlier. We took a video of it, posted it on our Facebook That's right. for the Internet Advisor. And we had a lot of people asking, what was the model number of that? Because they heard our live broadcast last That's week. Right. And uh, the manufacturer was by JJRC. And the model number was H37. And um, it was an unfoldable, um, flyable drone for your phone. So it would take a picture of you is what, what we were discussing. Yeah, exactly. And it was incredibly light. And there was a little video that we posted. You can go to our Facebook page on the, um, pardon me, the Internet Advisor uh, Facebook page. And the little video is there. It's only about 10 seconds long. But you can see it is just so cute. And, uh, you know, it's not for flying outside. It was, it's so light. But it wouldn't be any good and if there it was, was a bit of breeze. Inexpensive. It was fifty or sixty bucks. Oh, fifty bucks. Yeah. And matter of fact, when when uh, the very first time that Rick Broida published the article about it, it was only thirty nine dollars. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a, it looks like a lot of fun. People. Matter of fact, one person said, "No way, that costs fifty bucks." Yep. Yep. Way. And uh, again, it's it's been it's a drone. Uh, it, what's it called? The the selfie drone. Yeah, was it the selfie? Oh shoot! Yeah, that was what I what was. Was the selfie it. drone? Okay, I don't know if it was by who makes it, but it was called the selfie. Yeah, drone. it was okay. JJRC's the manufacturer. JJRC was the company that makes it, and the model is the H thirty seven. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. Okay, now uh, let's see. Oh, Paul asked that question about security, and I was going to ask you what you guys use to secure your passwords. Has that changed recently? Sticky notes. <laughs> yeah, just put it. I on. still have a few of them around. You're right. <laughs> yeah, put it put it right there on the on, on the monitor. The monitor, <laughs> stick it right there on the side, so it doesn't uh, it'll cover up anything. How do I secure, secure my passwords? I I lock my phone, and I have a contact in my phone that uh, a, a made up person out of the 600 people in there. Uh-huh. I have you know you know John Doe, but it's really not John Doe, and I have a, a list of the accounts. 
but the passwords are not in there, but I have clues to my passwords. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. So my, nothing is revealed in there except hints. But you're I mean, still... That's, so that's what I do on and, my locked phone. And you're still creating your own passwords though, right? Yes. Okay. How, how do you so, generate I mean, passwords? Password vaults, so you could use password one, you could use a, a number of the vaults, and, and there have only been a few of them that have been hacked. Um, and we haven't heard much about what happens when they were hacked, like, you know, that other people had, had really... So I'm not sure how much information was really gotten mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. whoever did hack into them. But so most of those are pretty good. I, I pick a couple that were... Uh, you know, highly rated, and yeah, I, so that, that's a, those are what I would do. I use LastPass. Yeah, I'd do something slightly different than that, but I'm not going to talk okay. about it on no, the no, air. No. I mean, because it's it's ridiculous the number of. Yeah. I must have sixty. Oh, oh, easily. Yeah. It's oh, just easily. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, the number of passwords, and, and, and you don't want to use the same password. Oh no, well, that's exactly. If they break into one site and they get your password. They're going to try a whole bunch of other sites to see if they, you know, you Can have you, an account there. And if you do and they've yeah. got your password and username. That's why well, I was surprised, luck. Ed, I, or not surprised, but interested. I shouldn't have been surprised that you generate your own passwords. Yeah. Yeah. I I trust the software to do that. Oh, and I, I, so, I probably should too, but... Well, I, it just happens to be the way it is. I figure you can get eight... You can tell it the number of characters. You can tell it if you want it to be pronounceable, etc. Well, the, it varies so much. I mean, some sites actually will not allow me to create a password greater than eight characters, which is ridiculous. That's crazy. And and some of them I can do 16 characters. You know, mm-hmm. So that's fine too. I mean, and I can do a lot more than that. But Yeah, you can get crazy and do 24 if you want. Well, and I use a passphrase a lot of the time now. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the first letter of every word in that phrase. Oh, I gotcha. So it's real easy for me to remember it, first of all, and re- real easy for me to just as I go ahead and, and type it in, I just say the phrase or sing the phrase, whatever it is. <laughs> and and it usually has something to do with the So site. if you hear Gary humming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Catch the tune and you can crack the site. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another question that came in, Ed. Uh, this one is from... Uh, Jean, or yeah, Jean. Thank you very much, Jean, for uh, sending your question in. She said, "I've been receiving calls stating that my computer is sending out signals that it has a virus. They offer to remove it for free. I deny them any attempt to help." Today, Smart woman. Yeah, today I got a call, and I told them I had reported them to Microsoft. And all over the internet, <laughs> they said they would pull the plug on my computer, and at that moment, my computer shut off, as well as the electric in my home for the briefest second. So it just, you know, went down for a second. Clock flashing, microwave clock is off. I called DTE then, and uh, they showed no outage for me. And I think my smart meter, oh, I think my smart meter has been hacked. DTE says that can't happen. So I still have a big concern, and I don't know what to do. I used Kapersky Total Security and did a full scan, which found nothing. Did a quick Defender scan and nothing. What do you think, Uncle Ed? Wow, what did I say? Um, (laughs) I said basically that... um, Good thing that she did say no to those people and denied right. him access. Absolutely. Smart I'm woman. really thinking it's a coincidence. Yeah. It, people, ha- it has to be. People always look for causality. Yeah, they do. Right? 
But and it is kind it is, of. It is a scary coincidence. <laughs> and yes. and uh, it, it, I probably would not go out of the house if I didn't have to the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> uh, and I probably, and not, only because there might be another coincidence. And, and, uh, and I would not gamble at all yeah, for and, the rest of the day. You know? <laughs> and I think I also told her that if they call again and the same thing happens, document it, write the time down, and call the police. I mean, if, yeah. if someone has yes. the ability remotely over the telephone that say, abracadabra, I'm shutting off your electricity because your, your thing's that, hacked. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. No. I'm sorry. No. And, 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 and if it did, smart call the smart meter doesn't have access to the internet, right. so it's not, they can't do, what they could do is somehow, if they're on the, you know, if they have some access to DTE, for instance, mm-hmm. but... It's not likely. Yeah, I mean the other not thing likely. is like if you have a, a a little nephew or niece that hates you and they want to scare that scare you, <laughs> yeah, they could be in the basement downstairs and flip that switch on you or something yeah, like they that. They could do that. Well, let's talk. Just breaks it down for just a second because this smart meter, I think the people do have the impression that it's connected to the internet, no. so that uh, people can can if you will backwards uh, well, you know, work the, backwards on the your smart home. meters work by uh, there's RF technology built into them right. so someone could pull into your driveway and and from their driveway 25 feet away be able to retrieve the information off of it and uh. I believe Gary doesn't some of the signals just basically travel over the electrical lines for DTE and that's how they get into it you know it, it does for some in so, some utilities I don't know if DTE uses that. right right and we good. can't say that for and sure because yeah but but there are there are some utilities around the country that do do that. Right. This is probably the most aggressive that I've heard anybody get in terms of, you know, the phone calls. It's usually... It really sounds like a movie, you know. Yeah, it almost does, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Only in Hollywood. Yeah. Doesn't happen in real life. Not unless you got a nephew in the basement, right? Yeah, Yeah, who's doing that? So, Gene... I just thought of a great... You know, this prompted me to think of a great... uh, April Fool's Day joke. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. Don't well, here, don't. here's another one that we got, and it was about the um, um, the person actually received a USB drive, right? And they wanted to... Uh, oh, I ordered yes. a thumb drive from my organization uh, with a few lessons on it. And I thought that it would be nice to listen to these lessons on my tablet or cell phone, Android phone. My wife found the a pigtail adapter called an OTG on the go cable that plugs into the bottom of the tablet or android phone so they could plug the usb drive on into it okay and i just purchased one of these for my son it was really strange just a week before this and it allows you to then plug a flash drive into the bottom of your tablet android tablet or android phone and i could stream movies on it i can listen to audio it works really good so he basically said that the the um he it only worked once Ah. And then why would that happen? All right, and we will get back to the why of that in just a moment as Ed tackles what's that's an interesting kind of a question to see what is it that made that little dongle stop working after one use. Back with some answers for our listener in just a moment here on the Internet Advisor. Let me acknowledge the folks behind the glass. Mike Parsons, thank you so much. Is our engineer and uh, producer here. And Logan Stadifer, thank you so much for answering the phones for us and producing the program as well. All right. Well, we've in the second hour have been answering people's questions. And Ed, uh, let's just quickly recap a question that came in uh, from one of our listeners, uh, Anthony, about uh, this tab that he had, a thumb drive, 
um, that he had tried to plug into. Um, uh, let's see. Well, it was, was a, it was a tablet, and he had a, a tablet, uh, that's right. And he received a USB thumb drive, right? And then he purchased what's known as an on-the-go cable, mm-hmm. um, which allows you to take a standard USB and plug it into a micro USB on the bottom, like the charging right. port, right? And and it basically tricks the unit into thinking that you've connected a another hard drive to it, and then so he was playing the audio files that were on here, mm-hmm. and um, he said it worked once, and then it stopped working. Hmm. So my question to him basically was take the thumb drive, not the question, my point that I made to him is take that thumb drive and plug it into your Mac or your PC at home and see if you can access the files. Oh. What I suspect happened is that he paused or stopped the the uh, audio when he was done listening to it and unplugged the cable. And, and, and maybe he didn't close the application. So think of, um, you know, the problems of corrupting uh, an audio file because you just unplugged it from the computer when it was playing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. okay. So, and and I said it's possible that the that the Android operating system, while it was reading it, you unplugged it. it the the file system became corrupted on the mm-hmm. USB flash mm-hmm. drive, and 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 see if you can actually plug it into these computers and see if it can read it. He tried that and he says, "You're right. It doesn't. I can't read it anymore. It says <laughs> there's nothing on here. Would you like to format this flash drive? Oh, uh, okay. And so he yeah. ordered another USB flash drive from them to listen to the audio. And uh, he's next time he's gonna actually uh, close the application. Make a copy of it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Gary. Thank you. I didn't. I forgot about that. Yeah. Make a copy of the files. Drag them to his computer. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't suggest yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but because uh, I was thinking, what could cause this? You know, and it goes down to basic just troubleshooting. Mm-hmm. Try plugging it into something else. If your monitor's not working on your good point uh, on your computer desktop computer, try plugging another monitor in there and see if it works. Mm-hmm. We, that, that's what we used to yep. suggest in yeah, the old absolutely. days. Back I in the old days, problem. it was the you know you twenty pound monitor <laughs> <laughs> as large as a TV. But nowadays, most people have laptops. So all right, so, same thing. All right, very good. Uh, all right, and we also had uh, oh our old friend Ben Carpenter called up with a question. Or sent us a question. He says, I have a computer here that does not, uh, I don't run it every day, and it's shut off when it's not being used. Sometimes when it's brought back to life, I get a message that Malwarebytes and ABG are not up to date. After updating them, which run should I run first, or is it okay to run them both at the same time? Wow. Um I'm trying, I'll have to recreate this because I don't remember answering this, but I believe, so of course the databases are going to be out of date because the computer shuts itself enough. down. Yeah. Right. So a lot of these databases update multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. And so That's it, true, yes. So if it's been several days since it's powered up, of course the databases are going to be out of date and they're going to want to update as soon as your computer comes back. That's right. And, um, and it doesn't matter which order. He just shouldn't run them both at the same time. He could probably run them both at the same time. It's really based on performance. If you're noticing a, a performance hit or if you think, uh, or you're getting error messages. I was just going to say, they're both scanning files. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... You it, could get away with it probably 99 times out of 100. Yeah, you probably and, could. And then that 100th time, you'll they'll hit the same file at the same time and corrupt it and you'll go, why did I well, ever run both f- scans at the same time? I don't know. That's true. That, that could possibly happen. Yeah. Um, but Not if it, likely, right? It's... Uh, it's it's hard to hard to believe that it would happen. Often, right. I, I'm but. just curious. Which one? You, uh, what uh, security software do you guys run anymore? I run I run the uh, Windows uh, Defender. 
Yeah, which is built or security in. essentials yeah. on the Windows Seven system. Okay, and malware bytes, but yep. I do not run malware bytes. Uh, I just run a, a scan once a week, or if I suspect something. Mm-hmm. So I, just, I do the same thing. Okay, yeah, do you, but you don't have anything that runs regularly all the time, uh, because for instance, you can buy for forty bucks uh, a year subscription to malware bytes, and it will constantly be Protect running. You. Yeah, it's it's uh, proactively yeah. working at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's actively running in the background and scanning anything that's coming in and out of your computer. Um, I mean, and that's what antivirus software does too. So if I get free McAfee or if I have Microsoft Security Essentials, I mean, it's doing the same thing. Malwarebytes is basically an antivirus and anti-malware utility, and you can use it in place of or with any of the other antivirus programs. I just choose to run Defender and then use Malwarebytes as a scan, an alternate tool. Because we had several listeners that ask, I want to get this, 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 and I have all these utilities running, and they'll have five utilities running. Yeah, exactly. That that was kind of my point, is is it really important to have all these different things? Like uh, Ben has got AVG along with Malwarebytes going. You know, it's okay to have them both on your computers. It's okay to to use them both. I just, again, maybe I'm just paranoid, but I wouldn't do it at the same time. Yeah, right. I'm wondering, you know, along the lines of what you said, Ed, that people figure we used to use the term belts and suspenders. You know, you know, by using belts and suspenders here, and and really good um, security is defense in depth, right? And it's same in the military, right? You have a number of different lines of defense, Mm -hmm. and that's not a bad strategy. Um, Mm -hmm. If your first one's really good, you don't need much more than the second or the third one, but you don't need them all, maybe. Well, and the other thing is we don't talk about firewalls anymore. Right, exactly. Because Windows has an integrated firewall that monitors incoming and outgoing anymore. So that's almost a non-issue anymore. So that's always running in the background. We don't need zone alarm. (laughs) Well, that's true. How how many times do we recommend zone alarm? If we go back to your toolbox, I'm sure zone alarm. Yeah. Yeah, now there's something better. I, I have to tell you, I saw an article this week that said that, uh, in essence, that Microsoft's security protection that's built in to Windows Defender is so good that it don't that it caught some um, zero day exploits without ever having updated in order to deal with them. Uh, and apparently, because it, was, it is what's the term? The holistic or a heuristic? Heuristic, heuristic. heuristic. scans. Yep. Yeah, it was close enough to something else that it had seen exactly right. that it was able to do that. And that, folks, by the way, often I, I know we've people have asked us if you're running a Windows Seven machine or if you're running a Windows Eight One or Windows Ten, do I need extra? No, most of the time, Windows is uh, Microsoft has built some really sturdy. Uh, Just make sure it's turned on and used. Yeah, yeah. But if you want a secure system, you really should be running Windows Ten. Microsoft isn't yes. putting as much of their. I mean, they're still patching Windows Seven, but there's only so much they can do. And Windows Ten is rewritten yeah. specifically for um, to take care of a lot of the problems that they had in the earlier versions. That's why they're having trouble with, you know, compatibility. But, um, but, uh, Windows 10, you know, is a, a decent operating system finally. Mm-hmm. And they continue to update it. Uh, and, and Microsoft's last operating system, they said, right? Yep. That's right. Yeah. There won't yep. be another one. They'll continue to update this one. Microsoft. I don't know why they even named it 10. They just call it Windows. Just Windows. Yeah. That may be the next step that they're going to be doing. 
But we, we still keep on getting the questions. Okay, one final question here. And I don't, I'm not sure whether you answered this one or not, Ed. It's from Yaro. And he says, I'm using an additional monitor with my laptop connecting it over VGA. I've tried the connection over HDMI, but it didn't work. If new computer lack of VGA output is any kind of a trick to connect over HDMI. In other words, oh, oh so yeah, uh, basically, I, I basically told him that his, his current computer, probably the, the HDMI wasn't working properly. And any, any new computer that he got, don't worry, the HDMI is going to work fine and your monitor will work fine. And that sometimes you do have to use the monitor to switch, you know, the type of input. Okay. All right, folks. Well, those are some of the kind of questions that we have come in. Uh, sometimes extensive. Sometimes uh, there's just a few words like that one there. We love hearing from you. And Ed does a great job of tackling along with Shane and Gary and myself and Cal. So please visit internetadvisor.net and use the Contact Us button. You'll also see it on our podcast as well. That gets you to us and we get to those questions during the week. Glad to have had a chance to bring them out here on the weekend and uh, air them for you as well. Stay tuned here on your station for more great programming, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show, Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.